He slept in his parents' bedroom until he was 13. He wet the bed until he was 14. He doesn't know how to ride a bike. Apparently, he has friends. Welcome to Socially Awkward with Evan Wexel. Wexel. Hello, everyone. What is up? This is episode number perfect 10, uh, Socially Awkward with Evan Wexel. Uh, we've made it to double digits, guys. This is legit network ordering a TV show quantity we're putting out right now. Uh, so thank you for coming to Socially Awkward with Evan Wexel. That makes me Evan Wexel. That makes this socially awkward. Um, our website is awkwardwithevan.com. Uh, you can listen to this podcast on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, and TuneIn. You can find us on Facebook and Twitter, both with the handle at Awkward with Evan. And uh, for people that want to support, patreon.com slash funny Evan. So this week, I finally, I've teased this on multiple episodes, I finally got my ex-girlfriend to come on the podcast. I know it sounds weird to talk about ex-girlfriends when you're in your 30s, but uh, this may have actually been the first time I've spoken to her uh, since the night she dumped me. So that was kind of fun. Um, we're obviously, we've been friendly uh, over Facebook and, and whatnot, but uh, to actually have a conversation with her. And we you know we did a little reminiscing, a little talking about Long Island, uh, a little bit about her writing. She's always been a great writer. Um, she asked me some questions about LA. Uh, I, we even offered up what, uh, what I tried to get us to do together the night she instead wanted to dump me. Uh, yeah. So she wanted to dump me that night. It was kind of funny. Uh, I, I did ask her a question. I think that made her uncomfortable. So I apologize in advance. You can really see, uh, what socially awkward can do for interviews by making them extremely awkward uh, in mid-interview. So uh, enjoy this. Uh, it was I was very excited going into this because um, you know to talk to an ex, but talk to an ex you're on good terms with, and you know you're still friends with uh, is always good. And but to promote it as guess what, guys, I'm having my ex on. So I'm gonna stop harping on that because uh, she's a great lady a lovely journalist. Uh, this is my interview with Chrissy Sampson. Okay, guys, we are on Socially Awkward with Evan Wexel, and I'm as happy as a little girl because right now I get to talk to a journalist, a working journalist who I've known for a long time because she was a journalist when I met her. And she was a journalist when she dumped me. This is Chrissy Sampson, my ex-girlfriend. Hello, madame. Hi, Evan. Yes, hi. <laughs> I, I just threw it right out there. I just wanted to mention it up front just as one thing, but we'll move on from there. But it was it was cool. I just think back then, like we were part of the Long Island night scene. Like we like we went out to the places. Because are you from Levittown? Was that your hometown? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I yeah, that was where I was from. Because Levittown, like, made me as a comedian because Moonchaba Lounge was a thing until it had to close down. But it was, like, you know, the legendary venue of my formative years in comedy. And um, did you always go there on the the poetry nights? Or were you going because friends were going? 
Um, I'd been going there since before I could drink legally. Oh, good. Uh, so but I, I would go any chance I could get, even when there was a band playing on like a Sunday night or something like that. It was Great. so random. I would go anytime I could. I all of a sudden just came, got the image of like the the big bouncer that would let us in those nights. Yeah. The big black guy. Oh man, that was fun. It's like a real place. Yeah, yeah. And then the food was good. And I think I remember one time I ate something in the bathroom. I don't know. This is weird already. <laughs> but you wouldn't be the first person to ingest something in the bathroom in that place. Yeah. I mean, I liked going there because that was the first time I ever did comedy. I was taking the comedy, stand up comedy class in New York City. And uh, to show you how early you were, how early it was when you, when you, we were going out. You were still willing to come to my bringer shows with my mom at the comic strip in Manhattan. Mm-hmm. Like, but Munchab on Thursday there was the the poetry night, and that's the first time I went on stage. The Carnival um, of Arts. The Carnival of Arts. Yeah, I just went, I'm Facebook friends with KJW. So Keon, I'm still Facebook. Are you Facebook friends with him at all? Do you know? I am actually. There, there was a major reunion of sorts happening on Long Island in the last couple of years. But yeah, we missed you. You're too bad. You're out making it big in L.A. I'm making it. I'm making it uh, conservatively in L.A. Um, But I do see. (laughs) I I do see guy out here sometimes, or we talk a lot because because sometimes I'll get background acting stuff on my down days and he'll be like yeah come on like his phrase to me is like hanging garment bag because when you do background work you you call the phone line and sometimes it's it's guy's voice if he's working that show and it's like him giving all the instructions of where to go at what time and you know what to bring and like please have a hanging garment bag you know because if you need to bring changes so if you're crossing the street in one scene in this outfit that way you can cross the room in different clothes in a different scene. I never knew this before. This is the be- this is the underbelly of background. I know it all. Like I'm you might even see me on the Goldbergs this season because I'm featured as a featured background part in one thing. I can't wait to see it. I think it's episode 8, so I don't know what they're on now, but that'll Okay, be- well, I'll have to binge watch everything up to that oh, point. Oh, oh my gosh. I'm I'm Just already year, I'm a year plus behind. But then we had Wednesday we had uh-huh. karaoke at Munchaba, which was mm-hmm. very bizarre. And then Tuesday was band night. And Tuesday, I would run back and forth between Munchaba and the downtown in Farmingdale. So that was it. Were there were there other places you liked going when you were on that part of the island? Um, to be honest, I'm I, I'm having a hard time remembering. The downtown was great place to go, but yeah. that's closed now. That is closed. unfortunately yes. it's long gone. Yeah. Um and. You know, there there are all sorts of little places now. There was this place called the Vibe Lounge in Rockville Center, which always sounded vaguely dirty. I went there a couple times, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Um, But yeah, you know, um, and there was this place called Farrell's in Belmore. Okay. Um, But, you know, and then then there's there's this place on Long Island called Suffolk County. Oh, no. And so then I eventually moved there. Yeah. When I I had to I had to get a, a different job because I got laid off from Newsday and then like how at long some ago point was I that because I remember we were together you were writing for Newsday like high school sports or something and yeah yeah, yeah. okay um I mean I had gotten laid off um 
like late 2004, but I was still freelancing for them. That was probably when we were dating. I was freelancing for them at some point, right? Something like that. Right. And I know you had the interview with Dr. Harry one time. Yes. You went to McGuire's. Dr. Dr. (laughs) Harry Friedman, was it? Yep. That's the one. And I just think like Long Island nightlife was, was, you know, few and far between. Cause I remember like one time I, did I take you to the Bon Jovi tribute band? Yes. And then I think then the one time was I wanted to maybe take you to the Pat Benatar band. <laughs> but then that was where you're like, oh, we need to talk. So that was, yeah. we'll leave, that was all right. That's fine. But yeah, I mean, that was technically we had the Pat Benatar. That Pat Benatar was, I guess, the, our designated song for that time. But you know, I'll still listen to Pat Benatar, but not, you know, we'll see. Anyway. Yeah, awkward. it's still my karaoke jam. Well, yeah, yeah. that is a good jam. Um, I've, yeah, I don't know what my karaoke jam is now. I once did I'm Only Happy When It Rains by Garbage, but it just comes <laughs> off very weird the way I do it. But So, I, I mean, there's there's a karaoke song that's really hard to find that I would probably choose at one point if I could, and it goes... I could be a male stripper. Oh, no. <laughs> so young. I once did that song. I went to a, drove out to a party in Palm Springs, and there was already like a midget stripper at the party. So, like, I show up, and the guys are like, oh, yeah, you're just going to go on right after the midget stripper. I'm like, what? I'm like, okay. And then I did the song. I did my, I had to do that song. And I think yeah. it like half offended him and half just was like, he was interested by it. Yeah, but yeah, that was the first song I ever wrote. So I remember, and because then you know I've been following your career for a while. Oh no! Yeah, no, 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 no. I apologize then in I, advance. <laughs> no, no, no. Because then I can say I knew that guy way back when. You know, and, and I'm really happy to say something like that. Sort of like this combination of like, you know, um, I knew him way back when, and like, you know, yeah. I mean, I, I mean, I'll, but I'll still go back to Long Island and I could, if I have an off night, I would still do an open mic at like the cup in Wontaw just because there's an audience there. So I'm like, why not? I have a feeling that this episode of Socially Awkward is going to rate high among your, your roots, your Long Island local audience. I'm going to put it all in the notes. It's all going in the show notes with time cues. That's how we run, (laughs) run the ship here. Sweet. Uh, so, so now you're in the Hamptons, but you're in the Hamptons year round. Yes. So is it like, is it obnoxious over the summers when like everyone just flocks there? Or is it like Ob- you, you need the people? Obnoxious isn't even the right word. <laughs> Actually, noxious, noxious is probably the right word. <laughs> it's, and, then, and then like Labor Day weekend comes and everybody who lives here year round. Cause we're all like the normal people working here year round. We right. all have the jobs and stuff like that. Uh-huh. We all just collectively go like this. <sighs> like we all just breathe this huge sigh of relief. And then, and then like the clock starts ticking again until like the next summer. Right. I mean, I compare that to the family guy episode where like the leaf starts to change colors. And yeah. Like, Oh no, the leafers from New York are coming up to new England to talk about, leaves in terms of Italian food. So that, so then where are you? It's in Sawtucket then exactly, or West Hampton or where? I'm in Amagansett. Oh, I, I've heard it. They have a movie theater there, don't they? Well, um, there's a, in Amagansett, in, no, 
No. Uh, there's an uh, there's a movie theater in East Hampton, and okay. oh, and and we just had the Hamptons International Film Festival. Oh my gosh. It was pretty great. I got to see a bunch of movies for free. A bunch of doc. I actually saw five documentaries in the span of four days. Holy cow! Yeah, it's a lot of documentaries. It's a lot of real life coming at you. Well, I mean, my in-laws were in just left Riverhead. They were in Riverhead the summers for like several years. So that's like the other mm-hmm. fork. But yes. uh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I've never. I just went more out to Montauk when I was younger. I went like past yeah. the Hamptons, but. Well, Montauk is a Hampton now because it's like a trendy, cool place to be. <laughs> you know, it, that's the new party scene, and that's where everybody goes now. The the surfers go to Montauk, Whoa. and yeah, it's crazy. Well, what my, my the Montauk scene for me when I was six was staying in a hotel where you like the door opens from the outside into the room. Like you're not going inside a building to go into a hotel. Yeah. So that was that was what my jam was eating puff corn at six years old on the beach. Yeah, no, but, that's yeah. pretty much how it still is. Okay. I mean, like, um, but you know, there's a lot of partying going on there now too. Good. So, do you make trips back to Nassau much? Do you hit up Mulcahy's or uh, any other? No, the brokerage. I mean, governors. Oh, yeah. they're still there. I, yeah. you know. But see, like I'm 35 now, Evan. Oh, heavens. and <laughs> sorry, you're, you're sorry old for that. For Trump, that's not good. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> and so my trips to Nassau are aren't so much like, yeah, let's go out to like a comedy show or let's go out drinking at Mulcahy's right. or something like that. My trips to Nassau are like, I'm gonna go visit my sister and her kid. Yep. You know, my I'm gonna go visit my best friend and her kid, like. Uh. <laughs> like being like childless myself still yeah. like you know that, that that's kind of like how i'm living my life these days i would still still cherish cherish what part of that you can just because like like while my kid like gave me more notoriety than i could get myself because of his videos when he was two like i don't know if you followed the whole thing when he was two. oh the wrestling videos yeah the wrestling videos yeah it's pretty great we were, yeah i was like at 100 youtube subscribers before the videos now i'm at over 8000 and it's all because of him so uh, i owe it all to him but still like the idea of like you know i do have to base who's watching him at what time and can i go here but at the same time i have to hire a sitter and all that stuff so the fact that you do still have that independence is a good thing so <laughs> but uh now, did your independent lifestyle, did that inspire the book that you wrote, Strip Search, I believe? Is this about strip malls or strippers or uh, Crest White Strips? Was any of the above? Uh, you would be right when you said it's about strippers. Okay. <laughs> so the genesis of this. The genesis is it is a belated coming-of-age story about... Uh, a stripper, an exotic dancer who is is looking for her father in all the wrong places. <laughs> That's great. And 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 including a strip club. Oh, you my. have to stay with me there. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna give you any more of no, it. But no, I I want to get the Kindle out and let's get it on the yeah. ITunes eventually, store. it'll be published. But you know. Well, I mean, you said your stories like you had the book deal, and then they went out of business. The, the I was I had a book contract and then the publisher folded in Ooh, May. Okay. 
and it left a lot of people brokenhearted, a lot of budding authors like myself, um, who had a few people who had had some contracts. Um, my, my book would have been published by now, um, but it is not, and I'm uh, sad. And is this a novel? It is a novel. Okay. Um, it is not an autobiography. That's so. That's okay. Yeah. <laughs> now, <laughs> I asked, because you mentioned I had a Garrett Robinson on before, which is a different Garrett Robinson than what you know. But he was an author. I think he just like, I don't know if there's ways to self-publish. Are there ways to self-publish like on Amazon? Because I think that's what he did. I'm not sure. Yeah, there are tons of ways to do it these days. Um, I had been trying to go the traditional publishing route, right. but um, I'm probably going to go the self-publishing route now. Yeah. Um, just because I've been inspired a lot lately by meeting some folks who have done it pretty successfully. And hey, you know, there's there's nothing wrong with trying to make something grassroots, right, Evan? Yeah. Like, yeah. I'm sure you can relate to that. I'm, I'm nothing without me <laughs> trying to bug people myself, so... Uh, yeah, I've had to do it all. Um, I asked Garrett actually this question, and I can ask you what – I assume you'll have an author bio in the book. <clears throat> and I assume by rule it has to be pretentious in some way. So mm -hmm. what do you think you'd put in there? Um, okay. <coughs> Sorry. So <laughs> in my author bio, it would probably sound something like this. Uh, okay. Chrissy Sampson grew up reading novels by Judy Bloom, Anna Martin, and Lynn Reed Banks, and learned nothing from any of them, <laughs> or something like that. But uh, you know, all the the typical books you read when you're like a teenage girl. Um, and I kind of just, I mean, my 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 world is sort of like a. Um, when I write, my, my world is sort of where Fight Club meets Rent. <laughs> that's great. And so um, that's not the kind of place where you'd really want to set a teenage girl in uh, at the moment. Right. Kind of a, so. Yeah. Well, it could be the first in a series because you could do <clears throat> strip search for that first one. Then you could do kosher search, <clears throat> which chronicles all <laughs> the Jewish guys you told me. That you have a knack for dating. <coughs> yeah, because after you know, after you and I dated, it was kind of like um, I wasn't overtly know, Jewish while we were dating, though. I mean, I was pretty laid back about it. I, mean, yeah. I didn't make you come to the temple or shul with me or anything. But no. is, did, did, have you resort? Did was J date a part of this pattern, or was it completely? It was completely organic. Oh, okay. Like I know, like I don't think I, I you know. I wasn't going to be like an, a, a J-date imposter or anything like that. But yeah. like it just it was just sort of organic. Like I would meet somebody at a bar or maybe like start a fling with a coworker, right. or something like that. You know, it just happened that way. What what commonalities do you notice across all Jewish men that you would like to tell them either to do that or cut it out? Oh, can I please avoid this question? Okay, that's fine. Does that have to be any <laughs> It could be a P, the PG answer I'm, I was asking, but it's fine. So generally, okay, fine. We'll, we'll move on. We won't go there. Okay, guys, we're going to see if I can recover from asking that very uncomfortable question. Uh, sometimes you just don't hit it right. Um, but I want to talk to you guys briefly about Patreon.com. Patreon is a website that allows supporters like you to connect up with creators like me. Um, I am pleased to announce I have patrons that are not just my mom and my mother-in-law. 
I am very proud of that. And we are nearing my first threshold, which is $100 a month, where it's kind of like the level where it's like, everything's going to be okay. Uh, I'm going to make it a little bit. We're starting to get there. So uh, right now I'm trying to get to the $100 level um, so I can maybe start to look at doing some things to enhance the podcast. Um, But also for you guys that want to help out, for as little as a dollar a month, you guys can get the exclusive feed uh, of what the Insider posts and everything on my Patreon feed. Um, For $3 a month, I've started creating my Awkward Army certificates, so you'll get an official numbered certificate um, to show you're part of my Awkward Army. Uh, $5 a month, you will get a cell phone wallet, and it goes from there, all the way up to title sponsorship, where every time I say the title of the show, I could also say, you know, all hail Hillary Clinton, if Hillary Clinton wanted to title sponsor the podcast. But I don't think she is, and I don't think she's interested, and I don't know if I'd want her to. But either way, it's still going to be a fun a fun thing. Um, Patreon.com slash FunnyEvan. Check it out just to see what I offer and what you guys can offer me. And at the same time, let's wrap this up. Let's get back to my interview and see how I recover with Chrissy Sampson. Wow. Do you have any, any pressing questions or residual questions for me? Would you like to flip the script and interview me oh. about anything? Oh my goodness. <laughs> I wasn't I wasn't prepared for that, Evan. I, I mean don't know. I, I suppose I should I I could come up with some interview questions like off the cuff because that's what I do half the time anyway. That's right, because where's the paper you're at now? Like on the East End. I work for the East Hampton Star. Okay, so we can read you um, what what not sports I take it or No, no, okay. not sports anymore. Um, our sports editor is this fantastic dude. He's been there since like the sixties or something like that. It's yeah. crazy. He's awesome. Uh-huh. Um, but I cover education and youth issues. Oh, good. Yeah. So I'm a serious, serious journalist now. And, okay. um, I talk about uh, like bullying and, uh, drug use and, all, th- all sorts of things like that, like lead in the water. We had a school oh, wow. that actually had tested for some lead in the water recently. Oh, my gosh. It's real. It's getting real here on Long Island, Evan. It's like Evan. Flint, Michigan out there. Holy cow. Um, well, not quite. I can't <laughs> quite. We're not going there. It's not quite that level. But okay. It's kind of – it's it's uh, it's weird. I'm a big girl journalist now. So you you go out on assignment and you you know bring bring the recorder and just get and get quotes or do you kind of have columns or are you news or yeah much- news and you know these days um, my iPhone has replaced the tape recorder that's true yeah do you have an iPhone yeah I mean that my iPhone's done wonders for me I got I I had BlackBerry for a while and then uh, I'm on my second iPhone right now so. It's been great for like, you know, recording stuff, podcasts and all that. Yeah. 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 So I did, um, I actually contributed to a podcast for a while as a a news correspondent and I recorded it on my iPhone every week and I'm on my fourth iPhone. Okay. Uh, I just go through iPhones a lot. (laughs) Before the contract or after the contract is up? Uh, contract? No, no. I just, um. I, I have broken one, right. and then I had to turn one in when I left a job because it was a, a uh, company-owned iPhone, uh, and then uh, I cracked a screen. Uh, yeah. And... Are Are you excited for for no ear 
earbuds or like airbuds or whatever they're called, or you think that's a horrible idea or I think it's a horrible idea. <laughs> No. I do have instances where like I get tangled in. I'm like, hmm, this would be better without these cords here. But then it's like, no, there's 90 other reasons I would want these cords here as like aligned to where the actual phone is. So, <clears throat> yeah. But um, I don't know. I suppose if I were to ask you an interview question, okay, I would say, has moving to L.A. been the right choice for you? Uh, yes, absolutely. It has been, um, you know, I always congratulate people that do move from the East coast to the West coast, just cause like, it's not even so much the weather. Like I miss New York weather. I miss New York sports. And, uh, like I'll even go back East to, uh, Francesa con, which is like the Mike Francesa convention with like nutty 20 year old guys, just like whatever being hooligans in Irving Plaza and I get to like MC some of that stuff. So what? Oh, I just said sweet. Oh yeah. I just didn't, I mean, I could further explain the weird phenomenon that that is, but, um, I, it was definitely the right move. I mean, I, I did follow my wife out here. Um, but you know, just personally, it helped me a lot. And I think, you know, we've talked about moving out of LA and it just, it just wouldn't make sense really because there's just so much I can do here where I could hustle at various different things, various days to where if I do go on the road for a week, uh, then I come back to LA and, uh, one day it's, you know, one day maybe I'm tutoring somebody. Another day I could be on the TV set doing something. We've had our days where we've been on a game show together. So, you know, there's a lot of very random opportunities here that if you just hang around, you know, stuff will come your way and, you know, maybe it's a commercial audition or whatever. We shoot some random thing. Yeah. But it's, it was, it's definitely was a fun move. I mean, I get East enough to where I don't feel like I'm, I'm definitely still a New Yorker through and hit through. I mean, I, I, I definitely don't like the lack of sports fandom I run into here because everyone's yeah. either transplanted or they're like all into the biz or they're like, you know, acting is the sport of choice. <laughs> like the Oscars are the Super Bowl for LA. Like sure. Oscar parties are like a big thing here. And um different kind of traffic, but you know what? I I don't work nine to five ish, so I just try to avoid peak as much as I can. Uh no, it was, I I think it was a good move. I I I dug it. Uh, my it's my hard. place is small too. I know yours is small. <laughs> I, mine's also small, but I'm like it's okay. I don't know if I want that much space. It depends. Yeah, I mean, I'm 35 and like living in a place that's a little bit bigger than like a Starbucks bathroom. Like, oh wow, that's like it, a YouTube series waiting to happen right there. It really is. But, you know, that's how that's how it is when you're trying to live as a single person, like in the Hamptons. Yeah. Uh, you know, that's just how it goes. Well, I think you could probably I feel like you should have your own show on like MTV Classic. <laughs> that's a great like byline just to like bring them in like the, our generation. And I think it's cool because the VH1 Classic turned over to MTV Classic. So instead of hard rock videos, it's now Daria and Beavis and Butthead. And TRL. Oh no! Yeah. Oh wow! It's the best. Wow. <clears throat> I gotta see if I have it on my cable. I don't know. 
what are what are your authors of do you still like binge read being a writer yourself do you like to read a lot um i'm reading a lot of neil gaiman these days what's his genre um kind of like this really ethereal ethereal fantasy not like oh. not like swords and 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 dwarves kind of fantasy you know like not like lord of the rings type stuff but like um i don't know how to explain it he he wrote the sandman series of graphic novels are you familiar with that um no um centers around the endless which is um like dream a dream personified dream is a character the dream king so it's that type of fantasy. Okay. It's really, really cool. The art is amazing. He wrote Stardust. He wrote American Gods. Oh yeah. So um, you know that I'm really getting into him these days. Um, he's really and he's amazing, just amazing. Cool. Um, what are are you sick of the election now? Are you like does New York is New York over the election even though it still has a month to go or? You get to cover it, be around it every day, being at a paper. Um, we get to I, I we're around it every day, but I get to be at a distance from it because I'm not the political reporter at Yay. the paper. So I'm unlucky in a lot of ways. <laughs> um, so I get to digest as much politics as I want. Yay. It's, yeah. I did I did see a really great YouTube video um, recently. Um, some guy singing a song called The Last Two or oh, the, the, final the Final Two. Final Two. You saw that. Yes, I saw that. I'm a big fan. I might throw that version up on uh, on iTunes, the live version. I mean, I'm, yeah. Or I'll like, because I, I definitely loved playing that. I can only have it relevant another month. But also on Facebook, because it's like, especially the last week, it's been like disgustingly overwhelmed with all that stuff. Um, but there's there was a video of a, uh, from the last debate where, uh, oh shoot, uh, what the heck? They were singing a duet, Clinton and Trump, they were doing a duet. And I think it was, uh, I don't know if it was like, I don't know if it was saved. It wasn't, it was some kind of dancing 80s song. And they was like, every time they held up the mic, they dubbed the song. Like it, they timed it out beautifully. They edited it beautifully to where it came off like Clinton and Trump were singing a duet. Oh man, I didn't I didn't catch that. I got to hunt that down. Yeah. Man, I don't know what it was. I think part of being a creative personality right these days is yeah. curating what your fans want to see not just from you but from from right. what's out there, right? Yeah. So like how do you feel about that? About how to get my material or Well, not just how to get your material but like if you find something funny that you want to share with your fans, even if it's from somebody else, do you share it? If that um, you know that your fans would appreciate, I, not well, Facebook mostly it's like Facebook personals. Just I just I just want to get like interaction or reaction from it, so I don't mind like sharing someone else's creation. Or if another comedian writes a funny post, I'll share that post. I don't mind. Um, I mean, half the stuff I'll retweet is like wrestling stuff, so it's like I don't even. <laughs> mind that uh i don't know i just think in terms of writing my own material i loved having the final writing the final two because it was the first song in five years like i was always focused on just like i need a song that i can play any day any time but sometimes it's like nope when the time is right you've got to play a song perfect for the moment <clears throat> and i had that with attack of the cougar when sex in the city was out 
<laughs> and I even had that uh, at a less mature stage when Brokeback Mountain was out. I did have a song called Brokeback Mountain, which I, you know, probably wouldn't fly at this time. But, uh, you know, it definitely communicated in the club when I played it. So I think it's just like it's, you know, late night shows, they produce new stuff every day. So it's like I have to be more facile with breaking out some topical stuff because there's more like topical stuff I do want to write, like parodies and stuff. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think that I think that song really hit the hit the nail on the head. It was really good. Yeah, and that video it offends. It I got like like size of like shock almost because it's like obviously the perception is that Clinton is is the saner of the two, but so obviously I'm offending probably more Hillary some Hillary supporters during that song. But it's like just that song can work for any election because I purposely don't mention Clinton and Trump in it outside of he and she. Right. Yeah. So like if you're running for school council president, dude, I'm going to write that. That song is about the race for school. That's for homecoming king. That's for prom king. Uh, You know, that's for city councilman. That's the final two. So, yeah, yeah. that works. That works. Yeah. And I definitely like the line with uh, Coldplay and Maroon 5. That I just came up with that night because I just felt like Creed wasn't landing as well as Nickelback was. Uh Uh-huh. And I personally am not a fan of Maroon 5. So, and Coldplay is, you know, well known. So, but to each their own. To each their own. I have my, you know, I have my Bon Jovi album coming out in a few weeks. So, uh, (laughs) I'll still follow them. He came out with a new song recently, didn't he? This a new house single? This is not for sale. Yeah. Yeah. A new album. It's getting some airtime in New York. That's good. I mean, obviously, Richie Sambora not being there, like, pierces my heart every time. Like, I see their, the Phil X is now the guitarist that does that stuff. But, yeah. uh, you know, it's, I, I look forward to hearing the whole album because I'm sure there's some good stuff in there. So, you know, we'll see. I don't know if I'll see a, a show possible, but... There's always the tribute bands. <laughs> Are there B. many in LA? Uh, I don't know. I just know in in Jersey. I mean, we there was. I don't know if the guy that that we saw the Bad Medicine tribute bands. I don't know if they're still doing it. I I have no idea. Um, but I'm probably keeping you very late right now because you are three hours ahead of me. <laughs> so I do not want to impinge on your your sleep and work schedule. Um, anything you would like to promote? Uh, I would like to just give a shout out. Yeah. Or any messages you'd like the world to know. Oh, just please vote. I think in New York state, there's three days left to register to vote or something like that. Or I don't know. This is probably going to come out after those three days. So they done messed up, but it's okay. Okay. Anyway, registered to vote, go out and vote, please, please. And who did you want to give a shout out to? Oh, um, I just want to give a shout out to my mom and my sisters because they are the best, the nice. best. They are the best. I remember yes. your mom. Did I meet your sister ever? I don't think so. Okay. I don't, I don't know. Cool. Well, you're, thanks for staying Long Island strong. <laughs> it was great to reminisce with you, Evan. Yes. We will, we will catch up again soon. Yes. I look forward to promoting this and you and your writing and, uh, I look forward to seeing Strip Search on multiple platforms. Thanks. (laughs) All right. Thanks for coming on. See you later, Chrissy. See you later. Bye. Okay, I want to thank the lovely Chrissy Sampson for coming on the podcast 
and enduring my hard-hitting or off-putting questions. I think they were okay. We had a good time. Um, we all had a happy ending um, to the interview. So I uh, want to thank her. Um, definitely check out her stuff. Check out the paper that she writes for. If you're on the east end of Long Island, uh, find her and say you were great on the podcast, but do it from a very non-creepy stalking viewpoint. Um, so what do I have coming up next week? Not sure. I'm going to be east, though. I'm going to be traveling to Ohio. going to be traveling to Massachusetts and New Hampshire. We'll spend a little bit of time back home on Long Island. Perhaps, even though he's not my Facebook friend, dare I get my father on the podcast. Dare I get my father, who pretty much morning, noon, and night is the ultimate news viewer, cable news television, Fox News, CNN. He would have a lot to say about what's going on in the election, and I just feel like, who cares if he's not on Facebook? Maybe this guy needs to get heard. Maybe this guy needs to contribute and make his podcast debut. So we'll see if I can get a 77-year-old man on my podcast. Anyway, please do uh, like, share, subscribe to this podcast um, on iTunes. Write a lovely five-star review. Uh, you can also find the podcast on Google Play, Stitcher, and TuneIn Radio. Facebook and Twitter, hit us up. Like us at Awkward with Evan. And once again, for Patreon supporters, patreon.com slash funny Evan. Uh, my name is Evan Wexel. This was Socially Awkward with Evan Wexel. And may, th- may things be less awkward where you are. See you soon. Thanks for listening. Go to awkwardwithevan.com to like, share, and subscribe to the podcast. Now for Evan's mom to pick out his clothes for tomorrow. See you next time on Socially Awkward with Evan Wexel. 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 Wexel.